Welcome to the Ambitious Freelancer Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cross of The Happy Hour Canton, and I'm here to help you show up as your best self while you're finding clients, working with the clients, and getting those testimonials to build your better business. We'll be talking about everything you need to know when it comes to freelancing, whether you're a beginner or someone who has a few years under their belt. So let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 39 of The Ambitious Freelancer. Today we're going to be talking about a very important topic, how to choose which companies are your companies. So I know that's such a weird statement, but it's basically like how to find your people within your niche because I feel like when people think about their niche, they're like super excited to pick a niche, but then that's as far as they go. So I want us to delve a little bit deeper into like finding your people within your niche because if you think about blogging, not every person who is like a health blogger, they're not trying to reach out to every single health person who is wanting to get into healthy some of them are reaching people who want to get into healthiness some of the blogs are reaching out to people who are already advanced and knowledgeable about knowledgeable about health and so yeah that's kind of how they're hitting their stride so when we think about finding our niche we are so general that we're like anyone in my niche is a good person or a good connection but that's not necessarily the case so I wanted to really delve deeper into this topic today because I think it's really important that once you find your niche to get even more specific to figure out who are the kinds of companies you want to help so it's not to say oh you want to help advanced people or or people who don't have that advanced skill that could be the thing you know you could want to reach out to new businesses or bigger businesses that's that's certainly a thing you could do but I think that for me when I think about this I have a certain look I'm going for when I reach out to a company and when a certain company doesn't have that look I'm usually able to understand right away oh that's not a company I'd want to work with so even if I could cold pitch them they belong in my niche of HR tech I don't want to reach out to them and I'm going to explain kind of why this idea came to my head um it was actually came to my head a few days ago I was doing some stuff for one of my clients and with that client I you know do some social media curation for them and so I go through a bunch of HR tech um, articles or articles from like people who talk about human resources and I usually post them to their Facebook Twitter and LinkedIn I was going through something on like the Forbes Forbes has a humongous like lovely catalog of HR content because they have the Forbes Human Resources Council which are basically just human resources professionals um, who make like a million dollars or more or their companies make a million dollars per more or more per year or some kind of insane number like that and then they can get into the Human Resources Council and it's basically just a way for them to share advice and so sometimes it's your articles from Forbes because of that because they have a lot of great HR content on their website. So I was going through and I just so happened to come across this guest post from a company that was recently featured on Forbes and their their HR person for this like HR company, an enigma and an enigma, you know. And so I went to their website thinking, oh, that's cool that they're an HR company because sometimes, you know, I like to get my pitch on but but as soon as I went to their website something was just off like I am just not I was just not about the kind of company they were like there was something about it that kind of rubbed me the wrong way and I didn't like it so I didn't want to pitch them so I didn't pitch them I didn't do it because when I checked out their website I checked out like the presence they had on social media it just it wasn't there I checked out their people who contributed to their blog I checked out their blog I didn't like the way it looked I didn't like the way it felt 
and I didn't think that my personal writing style, which is more of like this younger, hipper vibe, I guess, was not really what they were looking for, and working with them was not going to bring me joy, so even if it could have rung me money, and they might have said yes, I didn't really like the feel of their website and it's just something I kind of have in the back of my head when I'm like reaching out to companies I want a company that feels kind of young I want a company where the people working there are like not necessarily my age but like you know a little bit older than me and sometimes younger than me you know I just really like the kind of younger feel I like a more relaxed feel of content I like a company who can use some emojis I like a company who can just really thrive and grow in that way and I did feel that this company even if I pitched them even if they said yes would have let me be the kind of person I want to be when it comes to writing HR content so I said I didn't say anything because I didn't reach out to them at all so I just said that's not something I'd like to pitch that's not something that's not a company I'd want to put on a pitch uh put out a pitch to or connect with um further and so yeah that's where this was born because I think that when you when it comes to putting content out there or putting yourself out there as a freelancer, we want to appease to everyone in our industry and it's just not going to be the case, you guys. You can't do that and it's going to literally bring you down as you're creating content or as you're working on their projects because yeah, they're in your industry, yeah, they're in your niche, but you don't want to work with them because they don't appeal to you. They don't give you joy and so why would you put yourself through that when there are companies who really do appeal to you and what you need in a company so for example my niche is HR tech but even that feels too broad to me so I really think about is like where the company is located as you guys know I've talked about in like probably one of the beginning episodes of this podcast that I really only pitch companies usually that are in North America specifically United States and sometimes Canada sometimes I do overseas people but I tend not to though because I feel like it messes up my sleeping schedule a lot like when Whenever I have had clients who were overseas, I felt like I stayed up a lot at night trying to work within their time schedules and be a nice person. And I don't know, I just don't like that. I like having the American Central mountain you know eastern western time zone frame so i tend to stick with american companies and sometimes canadian companies i've never worked with with mexico though so where the companies are located are really important to me because that way i can get my sleep schedule right and work with companies on like a typical time zone for me so that's really important to me so you could also think about what kind of software they sell i really don't think about this as an hr tech person i kind of reach out to pretty much any kind of company I have some onboarding I have some people who do like kind of do like more general HR software some people who do like helping you appreciate your co-workers and stuff like that so I have like a few different types of companies I've worked with but that could be something you want to think about like what kind of products do they sell what do they talk like it's really important for me as a writer because it's like like I said I want to work with someone who has a fun personality and who is just like really happy and bubbly uses some emojis like what kind of vibe do they put out do they put out fun and in Formative? Do they put out this really stark, like, I gotta press my shirt collar to talk to you kind of person? Like, what it is that they bring to you? What does it feel like in the room? And even if you're a painter and you're painting people's murals, like, what do they talk like is really important? Like, what is the vibe of the company? What is their total vibe? 
vibe and I think that's really important. And another thing, even in HR tech I'm dealing with, are they modern or are they ancient? Like what does their website look like? I know that's so visual and it's not necessarily a good thing, but like I don't necessarily want to work with a company who <laughs> whose website looks like it hasn't been updated since 1990. Because one, what would they even need my services? Would they want my services? Would they see the value in my services? And also like it's just not good, you know, and, and surprisingly there is quite a few companies out there who have these more ancient looking things even though they fall in the HR tech scope they're kind of an older ancient feeling software the UI is not good then they, they just don't have it all together and so while they are HR tech because they're technology the technology is old AF so for me I try and I tend to go for like those more modern companies, younger companies, hipper companies that feel like they really have this like beautiful user interface or UI and they just look good. And that doesn't necessarily mean the back end's all that great because I know that from first hand. But if it looks good, it's packaged nicely. I really do like that. And I really think it helps the user experience. It helps me feel better about, you know, working with them when their stuff looks really nice and packaged well. And I feel like their customers feel like it's good if that makes I don't know what I'm saying if that makes sense it does make sense I guess you should be able to look at someone's website and determine if you'd like to move forward so before you pitch with them or before you connect with them you should be able to look on their website and say oh this looks like a website that I would be interested in working with further these look like people I'd like to work with you know that's really important too like do you feel like they'd be condescending or they wouldn't take you seriously or they'd be kind of assholes like whatever it is like you know you have to think about that before you pitch a company like do these people look like people I'd like to work with because if they don't look like people you'd like to work with you don't have to work with them because you haven't even pitched them yet so you can just avoid pitching them altogether by just taking the time to look through find some of their employees like if they look too old and I know that's like very discriminatory maybe ageist whatever but I think that we all as a freelancers we have the ability to say this is the kind of person I'd like to work with and that's not the kind of person I'd like to work with and if you run across a person you wouldn't like to work with you don't have to work with them because you don't have to pitch the company and you could find another company who has employees who feel like they are your cup of tea how do you say no to a company in your niche that approaches you so I think it's really important because obviously when you're pitching someone else you can decide okay this is the company I like to pitch versus this is the company I don't want to pitch but how do you determine that when they actually reach out to you asking if you would help them with the work that they have have to do I think it's really easy to want to be like jumping on every single project in your niche that comes your way and that's totally acceptable I think you know especially when you're first getting started you might be like I just need to jump on this because it's in my niche and I'm just trying to get some work in my niche and I think that that is like I said fine but I feel like you do have to think about your own happiness with every project because if you're not happy in a project it's going to reflect in your work and it's going to reflect in how you communicate with people that you're working with so I think it is really important to think about like hey maybe I shouldn't necessarily go after these companies if they wouldn't if I wouldn't be happy because I can't compartmentalize you can't compartmentalize every single aspect of your emotions 
feelings. So if you're not happy, it's gonna show eventually. Maybe not right away, maybe not on the first day you're working with them, but eventually your work's gonna suffer and it's not something you want to put that person through. So the first thing I'd really encourage you to do is to get clear on what your deal breakers are because having a poorly designed site might not be a deal breaker. On the other hand, it might be a deal breaker. So in the client call simplified journal, which is always linked in the description of these shows, you guys, one of the first activities I have you do is kind of listing out some of your deal breakers, some of the things you want from clients, some of the things you need from clients, and some of the things you won't accept from clients. So I think that wants and needs are different. So everything is subjective here, you guys. Everything is, these needs are like, you know, anything is whatever. So what do you need from clients and what do you want from clients? I feel like are two separate things. So your needs, I feel like those are your deal breakers. So the things that you won't and the things you won't accept are deal breakers. So your needs and what you won't accept are deal breakers. But your wants, they're like, okay, it'd be cool if I had these, but I don't have to have them. So if it's a deal breaker, either like you won't accept it or you need it, what does that look like? for you. Why is it a deal breaker? Is it a deal breaker? You have to be very careful about those two columns because those are your deal breakers. So if someone doesn't do this, they're like, okay, that's a problem. And if they do it, then it's also a problem if it's on the won't accept side. So you have to be very careful with those columns and the client costs simplified because you're saying essentially to yourself, I won't accept this. This is something that if client does this, I need to move on. I need to replace that income and fire that client. I'm all about being sensible here, you guys. So I don't want you guys to every single person as soon as they do something wrong. Also, there's the importance of educating clients on when they do something wrong that offends you or fucks you um, before you just fire them immediately. I think communication is so important. I think freelancers really need to get better at communication because I feel like as freelancers, we're so scared that a client will get rid of us that we don't want to communicate what we need. But you have more power than you know and you need to start asserting some of that power. So letting people know that what they did was not acceptable or that what they did rubbed you the wrong way in a professional manner is really important because we all have boundaries you guys and we all need to let people know what our boundaries are so that we can communicate better so obviously you don't want to say anything rude to your clients but saying that you affected a boundary you crossed a boundary is really important so that way clients can fix the problem because normally they don't even know that they crossed a boundary and you don't know that they crossed a boundary until they crossed the boundary so it's just really important to communicate all the time even when it seems like clients have the upper hand because you know it's a relationship and if you start treating it like a relationship you'll start getting that respect and you'll actually be able to have a conversation worth having. First and foremost, get clear on what your deal breakers are and how you're going to assert those deal breakers with clients you haven't accepted yet, as well as clients you have accepted. So also, it's just to do your research before you decide if a company is for you or not. Like, go through their website, go through their content, go through, you know, the other ad campaigns they've done, go through the other podcasts they produce, like whatever it is that you're doing as a freelancer, go through those things on their website, their social media, like whatever it is to understand if it really is, if they're really not for you or if you're just like, you came to a conclusion too quickly. So just like kind of do your research, go through your stuff, blah, blah, blah. But then it's time to protect your peace. If you decide that 
what? They are not for you. You have every right to be like, okay, I understand that you want to work with me, but I'm not available for collaborations at this time or I'm not available for work at this time. I'm booked. I'm booked and busy. Even if you're not booked and busy, you can say I'm booked. Like you don't have to give anyone these like long drawn out explanations of why you don't want to work with them. You could just say I'm booked. I'm busy. I have too much going on. I don't know when my calendar is going to open up. Whatever. You can lie. You don't have to tell the truth unless you want to. Whatever. But you have to protect your peace. So if you think that they wouldn't be a good client, they wouldn't be a good fit for you. Again, obviously, these are your deal breakers, you guys. Not just things that you don't want to see or not just things that you would like. Like, it's like deal breakers. So if they don't do these deal breakers or they do these deal breakers, then that's when you decide to remove them from your life. But not just because they did something small. You know what I'm saying? But you do eventually have to protect your peace. And then you have to remember why you have these rules in the first place. Because sometimes turning down money is really sad. It's like, wow, I just turned down money. I don't like that. It doesn't feel good to turn down money. Like, obviously. Especially have money issues that you're dealing with. Sometimes turning down money can feel awful. But you also have to think about what you're doing for them as a company. Obviously, turning down money feels bad. But... What also feels bad is taking money from a company when you don't like them, clocking and clocking out of the situation, and just like feeling like crap every single day working for a company, and also giving them less than what they deserve as a company, because there's some freelancer out there who's going to crush it, working with them in love working with them and just like be adoring and loving and it's like the best company they've ever worked with and it's exactly who they're looking for and you're stopping that company from finding the exact freelancer that they need the one that's going to ride or die for them not ride or die but you know what i'm saying like the one that's going to be there for them the one that's actually looking for that particular company and that they love that company you're blocking that freelancer from being able to accept that job because you're taking the job just because you're afraid to say no to a company so if the company is not a fit and you think it's like a really bad bad horrible fit then you know give them up and be okay and sit in that for a little bit so now it's time to like really just sit down and determine what your ideal company looks like how they work how they behave all of those things like really just take your time sit down with a pen and a piece of paper just write down all those feelings of like what your ideal situation is you know how they talk to you when they give you assignments how often they give you assignments what the assignments look like you know what is the ideal working situation do you go into the office do you stay home do you you know have a slack channel with them are they paying you good money what that money looks like like really just get super specific what do they sound like what do they do how often do they pay you like just really just sit down with a piece of paper go crazy thinking about what that ideal situation is what the ideal company is what the ideal like working partner is and absorb that information and try to find a company that ticks off like more of those boxes and eventually you know when you first start I think everyone is trying to take up everything because they're just trying to start. And that's totally fine. Like, you can take as many jobs as you need to find what you need. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think the whole purpose of this, though, is that the more we work, the less crappy clients we deal with. And that's something that we're just trying to get toward. Yeah, when we first start, we're going to work with some crappy clients, you guys. I've been there. I've been working with crappy clients, you know. But eventually, we get to the point where our rosters are 
filled with our ideal customers and they're filled with people who really enjoy our work and who are a brave to work with. So that takes time. This is not going to happen overnight. So choosing companies who are your people, who are your companies, that's going to take time. That's not something that's going to happen overnight. And that's something we always have to be wary about. That's something we always have to be careful about. It's like, hey, is this taking too soon? And sometimes you don't even know. Like right now, you might be a new freelancer and you're like, Amanda, that's cool and all. But like, I don't even know what like that situation looks like. You have to have like a few ideas of what an ideal company working situation looks like to you. And that's fine. You know, go through, take as many of those clients as you can and understand like what's good from this company, what's good from that company. I liked this about this company, but I didn't like this about this other company. Eventually, you'll be able to piecemeal together this perfect ideal client. And then once you have that, you'll be able to find more clients who look like that. And you'll be able to move away from clients who don't serve those goals that you want, if that makes sense. So I really hope this episode was helpful for you as you're choosing which companies are your companies you're getting further into really refining your niche and going from I'm serving every single person ever to I'm serving this very specific type of person that's so important and it's something that's going to take time and energy and just putting effort into your freelance work so I really hope this was helpful and I hope you guys are having a wonderful Thursday and I'll talk to you guys next week bye Thank you so much for listening to the Ambitious Freelancer podcast. I'm so excited that we got to hang out today. If you want to hang out between uploads, check out thehappyarkansan.com slash ambitiousfreelancers. There you will find more support and advice as you grow your freelance business and connect with other listeners of the podcast. I cannot wait to see you in the group and I will talk to you in a few days with some more great advice.